All right. It is uh, Tuesday, August the 3rd, 2021 at exactly 7.34 p.m. I'm your host, Moise Batiste, uh, where we are bringing you the uh, podcast MoFo. I'm connected with my former teammates and guys that are I haven't played with and that are associated with the Robert Morris University football program. Um, it is amazing. Again, I can't thank uh, all my guests for agreeing to come on because um, this thing is taking the minds of its own. But I'm grateful for the feedback that I'm getting that, you know, that the guys really appreciate uh, this project. So um, I'm going to keep doing this until guys say they don't want it no more. So uh, um, I'm having a lot of fun. We're going to keep doing it. We bring uh, the story from a player's perspective which is extremely important because I feel that there's so much that's missed about the early years of the program. And so I think this is a good opportunity to, for us to have a voice and add into that story and make sure it's cataloged and, 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 and uh, we can always go back to it. So my next guest uh, is originally from uh, uh, Murfreesville, PA. Yep. Uh, D-Line 2006 all conference at Tackle. Uh, was a defensive line graduate assistant like myself, played a defensive line like myself. Uh, after that, go on to St. Francis, where he played a, wore a whole lot of hats. Uh, I, I can imagine that St. Francis. And then, uh, and now, let's say, he is now the defensive coordinator at Westminster College. Yep. Uh, welcome, my guest. Uh, part of, again, I'm going to say this again, he's part of the elite group of graduate assistant coaches that came through Robert Morris under the Dan Walton and Dan Radakovich coaching tree. It's an honor to say a fellow D lineman, man, we don't get enough love. And, you know, uh, it's an honor and privilege, you know, to, 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 to talk to a guy that, that I can, one of the few people that can actually say he walked in my shoes as relates to being a graduate assistant, playing at the position. Um, welcome, my man, Colin Hall. How you doing, my brother? I'm good, bro. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you doing this. This is uh, this is a great an opportunity to kind of relive the the greater years and the the years we had a lot of fun back at Robert Morris. So appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, again, your name came up. Uh, talking to uh, Benzel. Shout out to uh, head coach Scott Benzel at Western yes, College. Also, uh, yes, sir. Richard DeMayo. Shout out to Richard DeMayo. Uh, um, did put his interview out a couple of weeks ago. Had a lot of fun with that. And yeah, it, your name came up, and I said, yeah, I got to get him on because I know you can uh, share some stories. And so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, let's start off right off the back, man. I know you're from uh, Murfreesville, PA, uh, which is right out of uh, right side of Monroeville. Uh, I just looked it up and, and, and uh, Pittsburgh suburb. And uh, I'm gonna ask you, like I've asked all the guys from Pittsburgh, um, what is it like growing up in this uh, uh, in that part of the, uh, Pennsylvania? Uh, what did the Steelers mean to you, and what did the sport of football just culturally? Um, um, describe that to me as far as your experiences. Uh, sure. Um, so growing up in, in Western PA, I think you, you, you'd be crazy if you, you didn't have a, a love for the game of football. Um, it's everywhere you turn, turn, turn when you're young, um, mm -hmm. you, turn, you turn the TV on, you got 
Steelers, you got college football, you got um, high school football every Friday night, you've got family members who have excelled in the game. Um, it's just important to, to be around a game that, that instills a lot of things into you uh, beyond just the game of football, you know, in life as well. So um, growing up, I mean, I, 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 I was kind of a, a, a guy that played every single sport known to man. Um, with the exception of basketball, which is surprising because my dad was a big basketball player in high school. You know, he had a lot of trophies for winning tournaments and stuff, but um, I just never got into it. I don't, whether it be because I was short or, or just didn't run as well as other guys on the court. <laughs> um, I played other sports though. You know, I grew up playing uh, hockey. I grew up playing soccer, karate. Uh, my dad taught us how to box at a young age. We wrestled. Um, so you, you were always doing something act, some sort of activity growing up, you know? Um, I remember at a young age, we would, we would watch, uh, watch the Steelers and my dad would tell me stories when he was younger, he would go to a boxing ring, um, uh, just outside of, uh, of Braddock. It was where he grew up. He grew up in Rankin, which is just, just outside of Pittsburgh. Um, and he, he would go to a boxing ring in Braddock and every like, twice a week, like every, every Monday and Wednesday, Rocky Blair would just come in and get a good workout in, you know, when he was, when he was younger. Um, and that was like the first story I realized like, Hey, these guys that, that play at the highest level, they're, they're kind of perfecting their craft in other ways outside of just football, you know? And that's really what wanted me to play a lot of different sports and do a lot of different things. Cause I realized, Hey, these guys are doing it. Um, why, why am I just going to limit myself to one sport where I can learn a lot of different uh, skills doing other things? So I grew up doing that. Um, grew up watching the Steelers on TV. Uh, my first real real uh, memory of it is is probably the 92-93 season. Um, I believe it was when they played when they played uh, the da Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. And just watching those guys and some of those guys that played like Rod Woodson and um, you, had, you had Joe Green and you had J Jason Gildan, you had um, you had uh, Greg Lloyd and all those guys on the defensive side that were were just physical football players and they played with an edge. Um, I didn't. I wasn't a vocal guy, and I'm still not the most vocal guy. However, I have an edge to me, and that's why I kind of gravitated towards the defensive side, and that's why I liked it because I kind of liked what those guys were doing on that side of the ball was 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 running around hitting people, trying to take guys' heads off, which to me always I was intrigued by that. So, um, so but, but yeah, Western PA. I mean, it's obviously it's. I don't think it holds a hold a candle to you guys down in Florida, um, <laughs> but we got some we got some good things up here in Western PA. I mean, uh, in recruiting, we talk about you get your speed and you get your uh, you get all your speed from down down in Florida. You get your grit up here in PA and West Virginia and Ohio, you know. Um, but I've seen some gritty guys come out of Florida too. So yeah, I'm glad you said that, man. And uh, you know, and I can say uh, I've seen some speedy guys come out of. Uh, the Western PA, uh, PA area, so yeah. absolutely, absolutely, man. But uh, yeah, cool, man. So I know you mentioned some about you. You played every sport under the sun. So I want you to go through this list, man. What were all the sports that you played, and uh, 
um, especially the organized sports. How old and what were the sports? Yeah, so, um, well, the first one we started was was hockey. Um, my brother was a big hockey player. Hockey, He loved hockey. Um, we grew up right around that timeline when Lemieux got drafted and, and by the Penguins, and it was just kind of a big sport. And the Steelers were, weren't as good in the late 80s, early 90s until that, until that, um, that year they went to the Super Bowl. So you were kind of gravitated towards hockey. Um, but you'd wake up at four o'clock in the morning um, and you'd go to hockey practice and then you'd go to school at, at seven. You know, that's that's the kind of commitment you were you had with the, at that age, at, at an age of like, heck, we were like six, seven years old doing that stuff, you know. Um, so hockey was the first sport we played. And then then we got into soccer. Um, I think I was about six or seven when I got into soccer that that once that, that first summer. And then obviously we played baseball. Um, and I remember it was opening day of baseball and they had the sign-ups for football. Um, and my dad grabbed my hand, he said, you want to try football? And I'm like, sure. I had never thought, I'd never really thought about it. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. Seven years old. He took me over to sign-ups. I go out the first day of football practice and I hated it. <laughs> all they made us do was run. <laughs> it was it was a conditioning day. They made us run around the school complex. They made us run everywhere. So I was like, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore. If I want to do this, I'd done like track or something. Um, but I but after we started putting the pads on and we started running around doing some some things physical, I, I enjoyed it more. Um, played offense and defensive line. Um, and then and and then we um, while we were doing football, we also picked up karate. You know, my dad said it's it's good to learn a some sort of self-defense. So we did we did karate. Um, I kind of in the back of my mind think it was a way for my parents to kind of send us somewhere while they worked. So we had things <laughs> to do. <laughs> um, but I appreciate it. I mean I can't I can't ask enough of, of my parents for doing that for me because they instilled that work ethic. Um, and when you have that type of work ethic, I think that goes a long way when you grow up, you know, when you're young and you, and you, and you are trying to perfect your craft, it's something that's instilled in you. Um, it's hard to do that if you, if you try to pick it up when you're 18, 19 years old, but when you're a young kid, it's instilled in you as, as a young, young kid. Um, it's hard to break that habit. Um, yeah. I, I remember, heck, I remember Sundays when I was when I was a kid. We would go to hockey practice at 4 a.m. We would get in the car. This was a Sunday, all in one day. We would get in the car. We drop. We change. And I don't know if you've ever wore hockey equipment. Never. Um, but try to change, try to change out of hockey equipment um, with pads and ice skates and all that stuff um, in a in a Cutlass Supreme. You know, like a little four-door, little little car. You know, um, we we're changing in the car on our way down to soccer practice, which was at 10 a.m. So we'd go to soccer practice at 10. We'd get done with soccer practice. We'd have to come back out. We'd get changed to go to a football game at one. So we'd be driving back out to Murraysville for a football game, and then we had karate pra karate lessons at four o'clock at night. Wow. That was our Sunday. <laughs> Man, God. So what are your thoughts on that today? Um, 
I, 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 I would love to see more of it, but I think you can't do as much of it because now it's so – I think some of these sports are so – at that age, they try to get too technical. Um, I remember soccer practice. They just put a ball out there and let you run around and kick it, and the, the good ones excelled, and the bad ones just – they kind of were went on their, went on their way. Now it's like you got to get everybody moving in the same direction, which is good, but at the same time, you don't really see the ones that excel, excel to their full potential. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I know there's a, there's a lot of controversy around that and everybody gets a trophy and all that. And, <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know we, we have to be honest, especially those of us who played football and we know the importance of competition. I don't think that, you know, I think, Competition in a lot of ways right now getting a negative light, which which is uh, amazing to me. Um, it exists in science, you know. It exists in nature. So, you know, we we in order to get the best out of human beings, we have to compete. We competing against something. We competing to stay alive, you know. Yes. So, yeah, man. I, I yeah. I mean, that's that's a hell of a schedule, man. I, <laughs> what? That's a hell of a schedule. It's you know what it was. It was. Looking back on it, it seems like a lot, but when you're doing it, me and my brother, we had a lot of fun doing it, you know? We, right. we enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure my mom and dad, they probably would have liked to us not to do one or, one or two of those sports after a while, but um, we enjoyed it at the time. Um, and then as years got on, we started to kind of hone our, our, our sights on what we wanted to do, and football became my passion, and hockey was my brother's, and that's the route we went. Um, okay. But I'll say, I'll say this, you, you mentioned the competition um, and, and everybody gets a trophy. I honestly, and I, I wholeheartedly believe this, um, I, I didn't become the competitor I was if there wasn't a level of failure in there and I didn't realize failure, you know, because there were times where I, I didn't, obviously, and still, still to this day where you don't, where you don't succeed and you've got to find a way to overcome that. And, if everybody's yeah. feeling like they're succeeding, whether they win or lose, um, you don't necessarily reach your full potential. So. Yeah, man. I, again, I, I I'm coaching middle school football right now, and it it, it's, it hurts, man, because I I don't know, man. The love that I used to have is just these kids are different. First and foremost, let me say that. No, excuse me. I'm the problem. Let me say that. I am the problem. <laughs> You know, the thing, I was talking to, uh, for example, Horace, shout out to Matt Grayson, who's also yeah. a former defensive line and uh, former GA, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, he, he we, we talked about that and, and he said, yeah, you got to change, you got to change with the times. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm built for it, you know, and, and, and yeah, how, how do you, uh, well, I'm kind of jumping off, but I'm just going to stick with it though. Um, as far as um, I would say just, the, the the kids of today with the challenges technology how how have how do you how do you adjust to these changes and and, and all of the distractions that they have and and how do you bring them in as as a, as a D coordinator as a coach yeah I think I think one of the biggest things is you got to identify how how they're going to learn and how they're going to um receive the messages you're sending them you know some every kid is different um there's some kids you can get on still to this day and you can ride them um pretty hard like we got like we were when we were uh, playing the game 
Um, but there's some kids that the minute you get on, get on them and you start yelling at them, um, they, they tend to go into a shell, you know? And what you find out is a lot of it is it's from their upbringing. You just got to figure out where they came from. What, what is their background? Um, if you go into this and think every kid is the same and every one of your players comes from the same background, it's going to bite you in the butt. Um, but if, but what I try to do is try to make sure I understand who my, who my guys are and, and treat each one the way they need to be treated. Some can, some can handle me getting in their ear. Um, and some need me to take them by the side and just and just have a conversation um, more more a, a level-headed um, environment you know um, but at the end of the day I think every kid needs to needs to be aware of what they did wrong um, whether you're yell at them or don't yell at them you you do need to pull them aside and say hey this is what you did wrong and this is how we fix it because um, that's what kids that's what they're looking for that's what they want mm-hmm. um, it, it, and and, I, and I, I hate this. I hate the um, buy-in that kids want to be want to be given what they're given everything. Because I don't think I don't think they do. I think there are some kids that most kids want to be want to get better and want to excel. You just got to find a way to reach them. Um, oh, and I agree. Let me say this. I agree with you one hundred percent. Is the kids are not the problem. It's the yeah. adult, right? I agree. It's the adults that are trying to undo what you know what life is literally the life lessons that you know that that provide that that those challenges that we need whether it's physically or mentally that we need those challenges and and we're trying to suppress because of how parents feel right not how the child feel how parents feel yes so that's that's the problem in my 23 years in education is there's no such thing as children problems in education it's adults' problems. You fix adults, you fix schools. Agree, agree, and 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 you have to. And and one of the things I I I think comes with the territory of being a coach is you're going to have um, as much as we like to say well, we're in college and we don't we're we're coaching college football and the parents don't aren't involved. Well, parents are going to be involved, and that's just the the reality of it. And you're going to have those conversations with them. Um, you're going to have to have those conversations. I know um, Coach Benzel deals with a lot more than I do because he's the head coach, so he has to deal with those conversations a heck of a lot more than me. Um, but he handles it as, as well as anybody can handle it, you know? I mean, he handles it just as, as good as anybody could handle it, you know? Um, so, and that's the thing that I'm, I'm privileged enough to, as I get to learn every day from the, what, what what he does and, and – try to take those mental notes and, and hopefully one day if I'm in that position, I can make the same decisions he's made, you know, and, and, and for that matter, every head coach that I've worked under. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that as a potential head, future head coach yourself. Absolutely. And that's, yeah. that's the, that's, that's why I continue to try to learn and, and, and do what I can every day to, to get better um, every day. So. That's and again, it's funny. I, I would just, I continue to be, I, I, I want to say I'm one of the first to acknowledge and, and, and you know, this, this, uh, and I'm calling it the uh, Joe Walton and Dan Radakovich coaching tree. Yeah. And uh, you guys are some big ass branches on that tree as you continue to, I'm excited for Benzel. I'm excited for Rich. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm excited for you, you know, yeah. as coordinators and uh, know that 
you know, I, I often wonder if I would have continued, what would have happened? Uh, <laughs> I know that wasn't meant for me. I'm cool with that. I'm glad that, you know, people like yourself and the other guys are doing it, man. But again, you guys are doing some special things and it's going to be fun to watch you all grow into what those next roles are, man. But to know that foundation is, you know, that those, those are the two eldest statesmen, you know? So, yeah, man. Absolutely. I, and, and, I appreciate your you your you um following following us and and, and and seeing where we're we're going. But like you said, the foundation is is truly the most important of it all, you know. Where did we start and where we where where we where we came from and, and that was Joe and, and Dan. I mean, I didn't have as much exp- much interaction with Coach Walton um being on the defensive side my whole time. As you know, like I'm sure Coach Walton may have said two or three words to you your whole uh, playing career <laughs> and for that yep. matter as a GA as well except for maybe the golf outing but <laughs> yep. or the yell at you yeah exactly exactly um but with rad I mean I if you work for rad you know that, that there was there was no you had to be perfect at what you did you and if you weren't he was gonna let you know um he was gonna I mean Hell, I got I got I got probably fired more than anybody I know. As, as and I was, I, he wasn't even the coordinator when I was a GA. He was he was retired at that time. And <laughs> <laughs> he still was fired. <laughs> and he still fired me. He he still had, he was retired. Still had an office in the building, and he would come in and and it was funny. He he uh, he fired me more times than I can remember. So, um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I really wouldn't. So. Absolutely, man. Hey, speaking, this is we. This is one of the few conversations where I haven't gone through the person's life because this is happening organically. Like I said, yeah. I knew that you know this is so much again things that I look forward to tapping into your head about as far as just experiences with Rad to being you know his GA. Yeah. That's another thing. Do you understand that me and you are one of the few people? in the universe that can say that we survived being a GA for Dan Radakovich? Yeah, I mean, I, I I wholeheartedly understand that. And and I realize that that's a, that's a great company to be in, too. Hey, um, do you know who the very first, his very first assistant was? In his career at Robert Morris? Career. In his career. Well, I'm blanking right now. Who it was? It was when he was at uh, Penn State, right? No, no, no. First NFL. Excuse me. First NFL assistant. Let me say NFL that. assistant. Okay. No. Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. Yeah. Okay. We, we fall under that tree, brother. I like that tree. The the Tony. That's a good tree to be under, right there. Oh yeah, because yeah. remember, Tony Dungy doesn't get his start without Rad. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny. I'm, I was sitting here cleaning up some things on my desk today and I pulled out this letter that Rad had written to Bill Belichick. Um, wow. Please or, read that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. Um, it was, it was a letter from Bill Belichick's dad. Okay. And I'll read it to you. It goes, Rad, I sent Bill a copy of the letter you found and this is his response. I thought you might, might enjoy it. Hope you are, hope you're doing well. Um, and he wrote, um, 
basically he's writing thanks for your note appreciate the copy of my of my dad's note um i wouldn't be where i'm at today if it weren't for rad um he's the reason that i got into coaching and that's coming from bill belichick right there wow ladies and gentlemen you heard it first <laughs> right here on my podcast the most podcast the memories from moon see that you baby right there uh-huh. <laughs> hey man i gotta get a screenshot of that can you do that one more time <laughs> yeah here i'll screenshot the bottom here this is where it says ps wouldn't be where he is today he got into it because of you see that Yep. Perfect. Thanks for helping Billy started thanks to you. So that's Man. coming from his dad at, when he was at Navy. Man, that that is again, ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. Bill <laughs> claims that Van Radakovich is the reason why he got into the coaching. Y'all heard it right here. Dan Radakovich is responsible for the Bill Belichick. Becoming a, a, a coach. That's he, dope. So, a quick story on that note, because Rad has been looking for that note, and he wanted to put it in his book, because obviously he has that book out. He wanted to put it in there, but he couldn't find it. Well, when he got, when he found it, um, he he immediately made, like, a bunch of copies, and anybody that he knew that he gave a book to, he made sure had that had that note, so that they, so they could have it part of their book. Um, so that was that was a pretty cool that was pretty cool that um that i got a copy of that i'm sure is 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 anybody else that has it too it's it's pretty cool so if i could please please get a copy of that i'll be eternally grateful brother absolutely when we're done here just give me your address i'll send you a copy or i'll email it to you too yes that that would be even better okay yeah man so so speaking of rad yeah uh, shout out to again to the late great Dan Radakovich, uh, Joe Paterno's first star middle linebacker, uh, Joe Paterno's first linebacker coach, um, the architect of linebacker U. Um, I am a proud member of the uh, linebacker U tree, Dan Radakovich. I'm a proud, proud member, um, and um single-handedly responsible for everything from how office alignment block with their hands today to, I mean, defensive schemes, you name it. He's responsible for it. In my opinion, should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. And I've, uh, I've already started to lead a charge to get us together to find out what the rules are, to find out how we can get Dan. Because, again, I think Bill Belichick would... Uh, would uh, uh, support that effort, if you will. So, I mean, that's I, I love that that you're that you're starting that because that's I agree. I think he's a guy that he he belongs in the Hall of Fame and in multiple categories. You know, absolutely. And that's it. Yeah, I'm glad you said that in multiple categories. Yeah, you know, O line, D line, linebacker. linebacker. I mean, you name it. Yeah, he he, he can go in for several uh, different spots there so what's your give me a good rad story man because i i, I the, mine the one i got is so is is one I'm, I'm, I'm i'll tell one day it's, it's one put it like this at his uh memorial i was told that if i was there yeah 100 they would have made me talk 
So that's, um, a, that's a funny, a crazy, my story, Brad story is. But what's your, what's your have about Rad? <laughs> like like most people, I think I have way too many Rad stories to pick pick one that's my favorite. But I will I'll give you one that's recent, um, most recent because um, I, I remember it's funny. I was I I started. When I started here at Westminster, I, I started as the offensive line coach here. Um, and when Coach Benzel got the job, he he brought me here as an offensive line coach. Um, I, I had never coached O-line. I, I hadn't played O-line since high school, so I didn't know much about it. But I knew one thing, and one thing was I was going to be working with Rad, and he was going to teach me everything he knew. So I was like, I'm in, you know. Um, how could you not want to be a part of that, right? So now, Man, oh, man. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> obviously learning, learning how to coach the position and, and trying to do everything Rad's telling you to do, because you don't want to, if you don't know what you're doing, you do exactly what the guru himself is going to tell you how to do it. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm doing everything he has my first couple years. So my third year I get, um, he introduces me to, a, to the, to the O-line coach up at Notre Dame. And I go up for a weekend just to learn and see what they're doing with some of their stuff. And, um, so I come back and I bring a new way of teaching a certain type of block. And it's, it's, um, it's a double team block and I'm teaching it a, a certain way. And I'm trying to teach it exactly how Rad wants me to teach it, but also trying to create a new um, technique for my guys that I learned from Notre Dame, right? So I'm, I'm teaching this and I see Rad turn around to walk back to the cart. As you know, he always had, he always had the cart that he would get in and he would ride around. So he, so he's walking back to the cart. So I'm like, here, try this real quick. So I'm trying to do it while he's not watching me. So I, so he doesn't flip out and go crazy. Well, he catches my guys doing this new technique, and he was out of the cart faster than he got in the cart. And he was like 80 years old at this point. So he gets up. He's like, what's that? Hey, stop, stop. What's that? So I'm like, Rad, it's just a new technique I learned from 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 Notre Dame. I just want to try it. Um, so he sits there and watches. He's like, that's not how you double team. You got to go foot to foot, shoulder to shoulder. And I'm like, I understand that, Rad, but I'm trying to do I'm trying to do a new technique that these guys can have an additional technique to learn to try to be have success. And uh, you know, Rad, like he walks away and he starts that little giggle, you know, that little heavy laugh that giggle and you know he's, he's not happy as he's walking away he i hear him go mumble under his breath and the whole o-line can hear it he's like all right listen listen to your new o-line coach like the guy that has three super bowl rings what do i know <laughs> my stomach went up in my throat and i'm like how do i move on from this now <laughs> so but that was he, he don't he he don't he don't have a filter. He'll say what he believes, and that's that was what you loved about the guy. Yeah, man, that's that's an underlying theme that continues to come up. Is Rad is Rad um, to know him, to work for him, to survive him. Yes, my God, uh, the stories. And again, we all have so many, and I look forward to having an all-rad uh, session on uh, whether it's in person or Zoom. Yeah. You know, we, we 
uh, yeah. Uh, oh, something else. Why, why it's on my mind? Uh, I'm gonna do some D lines. I'm gonna do a D line series. Yeah. Some different generations, guys, just coming together, having a conversation. For sure. Uh, yeah, awesome. yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm the linebacker one. is gonna give me chills, boy, because <laughs> oh my god, that that one's gonna be a real fun conversation. Thinking so, some of the yeah. some of the D line and linebackers that come through that program, and I mean players in general. I mean, you just name a player come through Robert Morris. There's been some talent come through there. Um, yeah, man. I love those. You, you just people just start spitting names, and you like, oh yeah, that one. Oh yeah, that one. You know, I tell you what, man. Going into again, I'm not going nowhere near on my t uh, usual script, and I'm okay with that. Um, we gonna go maybe work our way backwards. So, tell me about some of the guys that you watch with your own eyes that you played with that made you say, "Damn, like that dude is bad." Yeah. Um... The first and foremost guy that, that that comes to mind for me was uh, was Femi, Bubba Femi Odomuro. I don't know if you remember Femi. I'm sure you do. Oh, yeah. I, I got, <laughs> shout out to Femi, man. I, I shout out say to this Femi. Real quick you tell your story, man. So <laughs> Femi was an undersized guy his freshman year. Okay. I and see. who's in front of him is all-conference Chris Young. Yep. You got... Uh, Matt Grayson, all conference. Yep. You got three all conference guys, and he's freshman. And I knew he was a little short, but <laughs> saw the frame to put mask on. Yeah, right. He put some weight on. Yeah, but it was so cool to see him in senior year. Like, oh wow, okay. If I had that his yeah. freshman year, I could have worked with him. So shout yeah. out to Femi, and hopefully I can have him on. But tell me about Femi. So, so I I remember Femi coming in, and it was um, now we had other we had other guys. I mean, Michael Crandall was another guy, and, and Jason Forrest were there when I was when I was a freshman. And um, but the but Femi sticks out because what Femi could do with his speed off the ball, he was so quick off the football. Um, I mean, he was in the backfield before some offensive linemen got out of their stance. That's how quick he could get off the football and. Um, I'll never forget. It. I didn't travel to the game, but I remember the film session on Monday. I was a freshman, and we were playing Buff. I believe it was Buffalo State, and there was a fumble, and he scooped and scored. And I'll never forget the coaching staff in that film film session ragging him because after the after he scored, it was a thirty yard touchdown. By the way, it wasn't a hundred yards; it was thirty yards. You'd have thought he he was having a heart attack the way he was breathing so heavy. <laughs> They were like, Femi, we thought we'd have to get a respirator out here for you to get you back on the field. Um, right. but he, he was just such a he was just such a quick, quick twitch guy and, and, and could get off the football. And he had a mean uh, swim move that was quick and it, it was it was efficient. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. And then um, and, and he worked hard in practice. I mean, there were times where um he, he would just continue to work, and you'd think, well, Femi, you've been in for 15, 20 plays straight in practice, and he's like, ah, I'm good. I'll keep going. And also, he was a hard worker, too. So, yeah, a lot of those. There were a lot of those in that, in that early 2000s years. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, uh, let me throw some names at you on offense. Uh, uh, I think, uh, who's, yeah, any guys on offense that stood oh. out to you? Oh, you all... 
I, I, I mentioned before we got started with, with John Jock, Cl Clifton and, and Hart Tyson, um, my first real experience getting into college football, I was a freshman and I was on the, um, I don't know how it worked out, but it, cause we always would go good versus good. And, and it, we had like the third team, the fourth team D line in there versus the number one offensive line. It might've been scout teams, but, um, I just remember they were running, they were running a power pull, they were running power and Clifton, Cliff and, and Walkhouse, and I was playing a two technique, Cliff and Walkhouse, they were just giggling in their stance. And and I'm like thinking like, what's going to happen? Well, I found out quickly what happened because I was in the sideline before I knew it. <laughs> and Walkhouse wasn't holding back. He was, he was just, he basically was just running me to the sideline. He um, man, oh man, I'm really picturing that. And those two boys, yeah. I, I, let me tell you something, man. I got to see Walkhouse as a freshman. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I've never seen somebody down block that fast. Yeah. His first step was crazy. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and mean, too. He was mean with. Yeah, man. Very mean. Yeah, and, um, I, and I know Cliff was, was the tank. Just that he oh, did yeah. that flat back. I can imagine. Oh, you know, you understand? And and I was as a freshman, I was two hundred thirty-five pounds too. So I was I was playing D tackle at two thirty-five versus those guys. There's no reason I should have been on that against them. But um, I'll tell you this: I I learned quickly that if I was going to get better, those were the guys I needed to go against. Um, right. Anytime we did one-on-ones, I remember I'd jump out and go against Cliff every single time we did one-on-ones. And I might have got my, I might have got my, taking my lickings early, but um, it made me a better player because of it, you know. Um, other guys on offense, I mean, my man Sammy D, he was, he was, he was lightning in a bottle, you know. That guy was, except the one time I give him crap all the time because I, I keep in touch with him pretty regularly. Um when he caught a screen pass against Sacred Heart at home, I remember seeing it, and he was running down the sideline, and Walkhouse ran right past him. I give him crap about it oh. all the time. <laughs> he, he, he was running sideways, but um, it was funny. And then um, Taiwan Massey, another guy was, I mean, light lightning uh, coming out of coming out of the out of his stance and. Um, the guy is underrated. Is I, I'm sure you remember uh, what was his name? The, the running back Devin two seven. What was his name? From he was from uh, Steel Valley. Devin. Is that Devin? What, what, is it no? Uh, I, I think that's after me, but I think okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, run play running back, right? Yeah, he was a great guy. He was he was an underrated running back. Just got stuck behind a lot of really good running backs, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the Robert Moore story, man. Now, you know, that comes up a lot. On, it, it's, you know, the competition is real, man. It's funny to listen to some guys, man, who still hold a grudge, man, from their yeah. playing days. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, but to me, that's normal because when you play on a winning team and program with that, that history, man, especially in those days back then, no 2000 winning national championship, yeah. it was just the best competition was at practice. So as a GA, sure. To watch the 2000 team practice, man, yeah, like it was, it, it, it's, and, and those are the stories that I really look for. It is, and if there's a movie ever made about it, 
if they really got to capture the personalities of these guys and how they did things, sure. it's going to be a hell of a movie, man. What? We had some characters. Oh, I, listen, I, 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 I want to attribute it probably to the fact that a lot of those guys probably were have a chip on their shoulder coming in. They probably felt like they should have been at a at a at a power five school possibly and absolutely Robert Morris and Moon Township. But at that time it's like, what is Moon Township? What is Robert Morris? You know, it's, it wasn't at the, the name it was till you guys made it the name it was. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's why those that's why those those programs are where they're at because um they're just guys that knew knew who they were and how good of a team they could be when they came together, you know? Um, Absolutely. I, I could not have said it better, man. That That's exactly what it was. Putting the egos to the side. Yep. Everybody playing their role. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I, I I knew I could have went somewhere else and, you know, I would have balled out. But being a role player, Robert Morris, because I wanted to win. That was the only reason I came to Robert Morris, because I knew that what they were building, that, that was coming in year three. I said, well, we're going to win everything that we do. So, yeah, man. Uh, it was, yeah, absolutely, man. So, yeah. That's the market but, uh, program. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, let's, let's do get back into your childhood. So, you said you start off with uh, basketball. You played some uh, hockey. You, you played some soccer. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and it's, again, it's interesting that the number one sport that most of the Robert Morris players start off with is soccer. Yeah. Very interesting. Again, I'm picking up on that theme. So, uh, to you parents, the football players or want to want to be football players, the uh, soccer and baseball are the top two sports that are producing football players. Interestingly enough, that's it's soccer was um, <laughs> soccer was fun. I, I, I enjoyed it, but the, the thing that always frustrated me with it was some of the um, some of the young, some of the the kids on my team would would take it too lightly, you know. And as a competitor, even at that age, you're like, I don't want I don't want you to be sitting back there and pulling dandelions to the ground. I want you to be running around and trying to defend the ball, you know. And it's right. Okay. You you think of it now, but at, at that age, you probably it still was in my mind. Like that's what I was thinking. Like let's win this game, not let's wait till it's over and move on. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. So, um, when did you start playing? What you say? You said age seven, start playing football, hated seven, it. Seven uh, years old. First day, I hated it because um, they made us run all day. Right. And, um, and then after that, I we put pads on and I loved it. I, I was always the big, like the the heavier kid in Wee football. Um, so I always had to play up. So my first year, I was playing at the, with the kids my age, but my second year, I was already playing up at the second level with kids that were two, three, four years older than me already. Because um, I just couldn't make the weight. So, um, but I but I enjoyed it because those were the kids I kind of gravitated towards because they, at that at that point, they was they were a little bit more serious for the game, you know. They, they wanted to play the game a little more. They wanted they wanted to win, and and I remember my second year we were I was I was I was already starting at defensive line and offensive line, and we went down to Tennessee and played a team in Tennessee. And I was like, what was it, eight years old? We went down to Tennessee, so it was, it was pretty cool. So y'all is already traveling. 
already traveling. Um, which didn't happen too often in Western PA. You didn't travel um, at that young of an age too often. Yeah. So it was fun. Yeah, yeah man. So so um so in 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 uh well no, what kind of student were you? Let's talk about that. Uh uh K twelve, what what kind of student were you overall? I was um I was a bit of a nerd. <laughs> I I, uh, I I set like the elementary school book reading book record. Like I read the most books in the month or whatever. Um, oh, wow. And, and I, I kicked myself every day for not continuing it. I wish I would have would have continued it through high school and college. Um, but I once once I really got into sports, the, the academics, I was still a good student. I was an average three, four student because it just came naturally to me. But I if I really Put a lot of effort into that i probably could have been a better student um, right. i wanted to put more effort into the into sports than i did academics so um but i was a decent student i mean i younger i was probably a lot better than i was when i got older so yeah okay so um hi let's talk about high school man so um what because again western pa uh, high school football um, I mentioned uh, um, with a uh, shout out to uh, uh, my man, uh, I'm drawing a blank right now, Jim uh, Durzik. Durzik. Yep. Yeah, Durzik. Yep. Durzik. Uh, man, um, yeah, and he talked about, you know, Friday Night Lights and uh, right. whatever that show is, that, that, you know, that when they do the highlights. And, and so it, talk about uh, Western PA high school football. I know we talked a little bit about it, but talk a little bit more about it, man. And, uh, competing in uh, um, that league and, and, and what that competition is like. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's funny. We were when I was a kid, um, when I was in, in, in Pee Wee football, we had only had one league, it was K, it was KBL. And they and you 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 played in that league with three, four surrounding communities. And then when you got to junior high and high school, you started to go your separate ways. And so a lot of the kids I played with when I was younger end up playing for other teams and we were playing each other in, in high school so you had that kind of uh, familiarity with those guys um growing up and then in high school i mean friday nights were awesome like you, you i remember you go in day of day of uh, school on friday and there was no work getting done in the classroom on friday it was you walked around in school like you were the king of the school <laughs> um there were days yeah. <laughs> i mean you 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 pumped your chest out you were i mean you were the guy you were the king of the school that day and there were kids that hated it and there were kids that loved it you know um but you, yep. you didn't care yep. all, all you thought about was what you had going on at 7 30 p.m at night you know who you were playing what was what was ahead of you you know um we always right. we did something interesting we'd always go um if it was close enough like we played teams that were 10 15 minutes down the road vicinity wise so if it was close enough we'd actually leave school around 2 30 when we were done and we'd go get a meal in the town of the team that we were playing so if we were playing gateway we'd go get a meal in Monroeville and we'd eat like like a wendy's or something and hope to see some of the players come in and, and maybe heckle them or something like that probably stupid right. part because um if it would have went bad, we definitely would have got our butts kicked. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were ar- we were a little bit arrogant like that. And I, I wasn't the ringleader of that stuff, but I was definitely more willing to go join and be a part of it. You know, 
Um, but you'd go out on Friday nights and, and you're the, the scene was great. Your, your, your stands are full. I mean, people are just that feeling playing under the lights and, 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 um, and seeing it pregame and just seeing everybody out there to come watch you. And then once the game started, I, I'm sure a lot of other people that have spoke on this have had the same exact feeling. You don't even realize you're playing in front of people. You just, you're focused on what's in front of you and that's it. And I, there were times where there could have been five people in the stadium or 15,000, but all you realized were who you were playing against and that's it. And that's what oh, I yeah. like. Um, I mean, for the sake of, I mean, yeah, I think that's for all of us. Uh, anybody that's on the field in the middle of a play, you can actually think about and worry about people. You're probably going to get hurt. You know? <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, I couldn't even imagine the middle of a play when hearing Hunt, knowing that exactly. somebody's coming full speed to kill me. Yes. And I'm thinking about the crowd. <laughs> Think, thinking about thinking about somebody that's in the stands. You're right. I mean, you can't. Right. You can't I mean, and you and. It was just you. You didn't. You didn't think about it. You just played football, and I didn't even do it when you're on the sideline. Like even on the sideline, my my I, my dad was really loud in the in the stands. He'd scream, and he would he would be as loud as he could possibly be. And I he after the game, he'd be like, "Didn't you hear me screaming your name?" I'm like, "No, I didn't hear you at all." <laughs> um, but they were my parents were supporters. They were at every game um, in in high school and college, and um, and and. It was always fun because if you got to win, and this is, I, I, I'm sure other people have a different viewpoint, but this is how I always was as a player. And I'm, I'm kind of like, this is a coach. If, you, if we got to win, I'm, I'm ready to have a good time and enjoy with my buddies. But if we came away with, with an L, I was straight home and I didn't want to talk to anybody for the next four or five, six hours, you know? Um, All right. That, so sometimes that frustrated me when my buddies would want to go out and have a, they'd be like, you coming over to the house to hang out for a couple? I'm like, we just got our butts kicked and you want to go hang out. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Just, I'll see you guys tomorrow at meetings. So, but it yeah. was, it was fun. It, it, it wasn't, I mean, I know you, you look at Friday, the, the TV show and the movie Friday Night Lights where they closed down the whole city and stuff. It wasn't like that in my town. Um, right. But it was packed. I mean, you, you had standing room only, and um, and we had and we were we were good teams too. So that that helped. When you're winning, it always helps. Right. So. Yeah, man. So uh, speaking of high school, so for you, when did you know that you were the man? Like, I got a pretty good grasp of this sport. I'm the man. When in high school? You know what? It's it's interesting. I, I think because of the, the 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 level I set my 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 goals, I never really truly feel felt like I was the top echelon because I always felt like I didn't necessarily reach the goal I was looking for, you know. So there was always something I was always striving to be better at, you know, on the field. So like when people would say great game to me on Monday after the game on Friday, I'd always be like, yeah, but I missed three tackles and this and that like you know um but I think it was probably my junior year when I really when people just started to kind of gravitate towards my the guys I hung out with there were about three or four guys that I hung out with and it was like everywhere we went there was a, a bunch of other people that were there you know and it was always that was the crew you hung out with and you were always around those same type of people so but right. um 
I was always a pressure. I was a pressure cooker. I always had things. I always wanted to be better than where I was that Friday night. And I always, I always felt like I could do better. Right. So. Okay. 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 So, um, what was uh, your recruiting process like? Uh, <laughs> well, before I do that, well, how did you guys finish your senior year? And then, so what was your recruiting process like? So, my after my my senior year, we finished. Uh, we had we we went we made the playoffs. We were the thirteenth team in the playoffs. They took thirteen teams. We we're number thirteen. Um, we played the number number three team, or they took sixteen teams. We played the number three team, it's Upper Saint Clair. And you just read you read the story article like the news to come out and it was like Upper St. Clair's got to walk in to go play Woodland Hills the following year or the following week and um, we ended up we ended up winning that game 28-21 and I actually had two sacks to end the game which probably that's when I realized I was the man <laughs> when I when I had those two sacks to, to win to kind of seal the victory for us um, right. But it, but it was, um, it was at the end. At the end of that game, we we won 28-21. We went home. There was a big group of people sitting there waiting for us. Um, the following week, we played Gateway High School, which was a perennial powerhouse, and they ended up. Um, they had like three or four Division One uh, scholarship kids on their from their roster, and we had like one or two, and. Um, we ended up going up 14-7 against them in the first half, and we came out second half, and it just it kind of spiraled out of control. They ended up winning at 28-14, and um, that was how high school ended for me. And then, honestly, when, when in college, I I didn't have a lot of interest. You know, I mean, you you uh, you referenced um, you referenced Bubba Femi about being a little undersized as a freshman. Um, if he was a little undersized, I was a lot undersized. <laughs> I, I was, I mean, I'm five, at the time I was five, six, I was wrestling too. So I was 220 pounds and, um, mm -hmm. I was trying to play defensive lineman in college, you know? So I remember going to meeting the coaches in the, in the, in the offices, you know, how you go in there and you meet the coaches in the conference room of the high school. Well, I met with a handful of Division three schools, and um, the only school higher than Division three was Slippery Rock, and, and I met with them, and um, I remember going going to their campus and looking around. I just didn't like. I wasn't. I didn't fall in love with Slippery Rock, so I didn't. I didn't pursue that. And I was looking at some Division three schools, and I was I was kind of narrowing it down to three schools, and. Gannon University called me out of the blue and they said, Hey, we want you to come up and we want to, we want to show you around campus. And so I went up to campus and I looked around and I get to the head coach's room and the head coach hands me a, a game day flyer, their, their media guide. And he's like, look through that for a little bit. And he's like, make sure you take a look at heights and weights of the defensive uh, lineman. And I'm looking at it, it's like 6'3", 250, 6'3", 275, 6'5", 280, you know, like, He's like, do you see anybody that fits your mold there? And me and my dad looked at each other and, he, and, and I'm like, no. And he's like, I don't know if this is the right place for you. And my dad goes, well, what the hell did you bring him up here for? <laughs> and so we, were, we, we left and we were like, whatever. So I, I narrowed it down to three schools. It was 
W&J, Juniata, and Allegheny were the three schools I was looking at. Um, and I hated W&J because the new, the, the, shouldn't say it. I didn't, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a big fan of that school at that time. Um, <laughs> the, let me, let, let me clarify the reason why I went there in the first place. Cause when I was originally looking at it, Banizak was the head coach ah. and he had left and went to Robert Morris. So my dad sent the, cause my dad was a big Steelers fan, loved, loved, loved the Steelers of the seventies. And so he sent him a, he sent, sent Robert Morris the video. And, um, I remember getting a call. Heck, I, I think the first call I caught, call I got was from a GA and, and Ryan Fulmer. And then, and then it was coach Benzel and he started coach Benzel was the guy that was, was really trying to recruit. Well, I use it in air quotes. He was recruiting me. Um, and I must've been the worst recruit he's ever had because I, I would never respond to text. Well, I didn't have text back then. I would never respond to calls or any of that stuff. And when I did get on the phone, it was yes, no answers. And that's about it. Right. <laughs> so ultimately I get a chance to go out there and visit and, you guys that know Rad, you, you know the first thing you see when you meet Rad is he's got that sock with his Super Bowl rings, and he hands the sock yep. to you, and he's like, open that and take a look at the sock. So we're looking at the rings, and um, I just – my uncle went to Robert Morris. He graduated in the, in the 70s with an accounting degree, so um, I knew about it, and I went there because I, I, I really liked the, the academic program and I knew the football program had had a lot of success. And I knew that um, they wanted me enough to at least bring me out and show me around campus, you know. Um, didn't even anticipate starting there or playing there. But once I got on campus, it, it, it just kind of took off from there. So, but the, it's funny because Coach Ben's always he, he mentions it whenever um, we we talk about recruiting and how there was at one point I think he tried to unrecruit me because I wouldn't respond to him <laughs> that often. <laughs> there was a point where he tried to stop recruiting me. <laughs> right, right, right. It, it, isn't it crazy how full circle now you're his defensive coordinator? I know, right? It's it's how crazy is that? It's it's crazy. I mean. It, when you think about where where I where I came from and and even him, I mean, he he didn't necessarily wasn't coaching when he came out of college. You know, he was he was doing his thing out of college too. So, um, right. But again, the first guy that brings us together was who? It was Rad? Rad brought us together. You know, we yeah. met. I met Rad on that trip, and that was it. You know, so. Yeah, man, that's cool, man. So. Usually I ask, how the hell do you interrupt Morris? But you just start answering that question. <laughs> sorry, so, sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. I told you, this is going different. I like it. This is cool. <laughs> Organically. So um, you get there in what year again? I got there in 2003. 2003. So I left in 2001 as a GA. Um, so, and again, we, we mentioned some guys already. Clifton Jean-Jacques. Uh, uh, James Noel, uh, uh, Femi, uh, uh, Jason Forrest. I'm trying to think of some other guys on that D line. Uh, uh, Michael Crandall was, uh, I think, a, I don't know if he was a freshman or a prop when I was there. But uh, yeah, um, 
trying to think who what some other guys on the uh, line. Well, there was a guy. There was there were two guys that were injured and didn't come out the camp. One was uh, Chris Chrisman. Um, I can't remember his first name, but because he didn't play my freshman year, um, uh-huh. he came back my sophomore year and he he had tore his ACL and he just never it never he never was back to where he was. Um, Chrisman was the other guy, and I'm trying to think who else might have been. Uh, Pingator was on that was on that D line. Kenneth Pingator, he might have yeah, come in after he left. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's I think that's it because Bubba Femi and um, Femi and, and Forrest were the two starters. So those were the two that were starting. We had a hand, we brought in a lot. My freshman year, we brought in a a lot of D linemen. Um, I mean, Ray Ray Genser was was one of them. He was starting he was starting as a sophomore. Um, he he was on he was not too deep as a freshman, so um, right. So that was so there wasn't I can't think of anybody else who was in that group. Uh, on the back end, it was James Noel, it was Josh Marino, Justin Marino, Ladon, um, and then uh, the corners. Corey Oaks was a corner, and Butler, uh, Robbie Butler was a corner. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. that's right. Yeah, so well, I, speaking of man, those, so those are two Pittsburgh guys. Yes, and you got to see them firsthand, and I'm talking about one, two. What a combination as far as athleticism and yeah. two guys who got a chance to play some professional ball. But what was it like to see those guys on the field? Um, Robbie Butler was as gifted as an athlete as I've I've seen in, in a very very long time. I mean. He, he was he was he was fast. He was physical, um, but he there were sometimes he was defiant as well with the, with the coaching staff, you know. Um, but he was just such a good athlete that he could get away with some things, you know. Um, off the field, my I, I didn't really experience a lot of time with them on the field because I was I was a scout team guy and um, I was always working with the offense. Um, so I didn't really see what they did in, in practice and stuff, but I, I do remember seeing him return kicks and things like that. And he always, I mean, Robbie Butler was a heck of a kick returner. Um, my experience with those two guys really was off the field. Uh, my freshman year, there were times where you're, you're looking at yourself, like, can you, should you be doing it? Can you continue to do it? You know, I remember sitting in, um, it was, Oh gosh. Hopwood hall. Is that, is that, does that remind you? Do you remember Hop, Hopwood Hall? Hopwood Hall Hopwood. was inside the rotunda. Like the, it was where we always had our team meeting. Was that like stadium-style seating that went down? Oh, Can't that's remember. way after me, brother. Uh, <laughs> way after me. I've been on campus so long, dude. Like I'm talking, I'm, I'm I'm maybe 15, 16, 17 years since I've been on campus. Where'd you guys have your team meetings? John Jay. John Jay. Yeah, so our locker room was John Jay my freshman year. Um, okay, I remember John Jay as our locker room, but but I regardless, I remember having a sitting there and as a freshman in in the you know on a chair by myself while everybody else was waiting. I'm just sitting there like and it looked like like I was ready to just walk off a bridge, you know. And Robbie Butler comes over and sits by me and he's like, "Listen, man, you you just got to stick through. Everybody's getting going through what you're going through. Just keep doing what you're doing and." I remember that conversation like it was yesterday, you know, and um, and it was it was it was it was good because he it didn't have to do that, you know. 
Um, but he, but he did because he's he's that type of teammate, you know. And I and I appreciate that. And then yeah, for sure. Shout out to Rob Butler, man. I, yeah. I look forward to him and uh, getting him on the, on the podcast and him hearing this story because it's those little things like that that I think that people minimize or don't quite understand as relates to the sport of football. You know, with so many people on a team, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like us, you know, and yeah. so many different personalities and people from different backgrounds, cultures, what have you. And um, it, it's just one of those little things like that from a superstar, you know, talking to you, you know, and, and, and yeah, man, that's that's what yeah. this sport is about, man. That, that's a cool story. Absolutely cool story. Thank you. Yeah, man. So, um, 2006, you say, is um, um, you guys are um, one of the best, ranked number one defense in the country. So tell me about what was so special about that defense and, um, yeah, what, what, what was so special about you guys? Um, I, I, I think what was special was that we believed in each other so much that we, we, we didn't let outside distractions really affect what happened to us when we were between the – between the sidelines, you know, when we were on the field, it was, it was nothing else mattered. Like I, I remember, I remember just thinking about it. There were times where offense would turn the football over and um, we'd be inside our own 20 yard line and we'd still, we'd hold them to a three and out and, and it'd be a field goal, you know, and, um, and, and we didn't, it didn't, it didn't phase us. It was, it was just another day at the day at work, you know, we, we believed in each other so much. We, we hung out with each other outside of football. Um, and I'm talking every position, not just not just like D-line, hung out with D-line. It was, I mean, some of my best friends to this day are, are, are defensive backs that I that, that were um, part of that team. And, and I'll be honest, I mean, we probably had the best backfield in the, in the country. I mean, those, those, those four guys with, with Jackie Candy as a freshman um, was as good as they get as a freshman. And, Mike Nicklaus was was a uh, at that time he was a four year starter came in as a freshman started as a freshman and was a four year starter. Um, that was a kid that I mean you're shaking your head so I'm sure you you've seen him seen footage of him and then followed him. Um, you know what type of player he was. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, how, how how do how how can I miss a white dude play cornerback in college? <laughs> I, you know what? Doesn't happen often. He got enough swag for five brothers. (laughs) Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So, yes, how can I admit, as a person that's not from the y'all generation, I I knew who you were. (laughs) Well, he, yeah, I mean, so, so when you got guys like that on defense, it it makes things, it makes things uh, a lot easier to to play up front, too, you know, because you're not as pressured. Where the ball's not always getting out as quick because guys aren't getting off the line of scrimmage, and um, it, and it helps, you know, it helps us up front. So, and then when when there were times where where we would have to bring pressure, and we which we did a lot because Brad was always a big pressure guy, um, we made sure they paid for it. You know, uh, we we had I don't know the exact number, but we were in the we were in the mid 30s in sacks my senior year, so we had our fair share of sacks. Um, our fair share of interceptions. And um, yeah, I, I don't think there was a lot of, it's funny, you, 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 you try to identify and assess leadership styles and the guys that are on your team. Um, 
up front, we had three guys that were leaders of the four guys that started. I believe so. Um, and the back end, we had two of our three linebackers were, were leaders and all four of the DBs were guys that you could consider leaders. So some teams have one or two leaders on their on their roster on the side of the ball. We had nine of our 11 starters as leaders, in my opinion, um, which which definitely helped to, to, to put us where we were. Because um, if you look at that group, I mean, you look at um, James Kazel, another guy. He was he wasn't a very big safety, um, but he excelled. He did. He was in the right position. He was smart. Um, you had Jeff Romas was like a 55 year old man in a 22 year old body. You know, he he that kid that kid took more licks. But you'd see that kid headbutt guys without his helmet on. You know, that's a great. <laughs> um, and then Matt Brunk was a was another guy. He, Matt Brunk was a, a force in the middle. You know, him and I, we played off each other as well as any two D tackles could. You know, I was he would disrupt the the flow of what they're trying to do, and I'd be the guy that play on the line of scrimmage and 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 clean things up and help them out. You know, that anything that got through him. So, um, but we had fun. We 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 just enjoyed the game, and we 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 knew. I think we had swagger too. We had some, we had some swag, you know. Yeah. We, we walked out on the field knowing that we were the best defense in the country, and we yeah. and we proved it. And, and and just for the sake of uh, uh, giving y'all y'all props, man, what are some stats that y'all uh, records that y'all hold from two thousand six on defense? Ooh. Remember, no, um, number one total defense. We have. We were number two in all of football. We were behind Virginia Tech that year. Um, I believe we were number one in pass efficiency, number one in pass defense. We were like number three in rush defense. Gave up like 97 yards a game in rushing. Um, we were number one in third down efficiency. So we, I mean, that's from the top of my head. I, I remember there was a span we played Butler and then we, we went in a row and we gave up one first down between two games. Um, and, and that two, and that span of two games. And Whoa! See, yeah, we. we I know. Jeez, I know whatever stories Rad used to tell about us got replaced by you all. Shit. Well, it, honestly, it was it was that it was the stories we'd hear about the the history of this program and the defense. It was why we did what we did. Like when you'd hear stories of how good to be. I mean, in in my senior year. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I can't remember if he was my senior or junior. I'm pretty sure my senior year, Mac Grayson was our GA too. So he would kind of instill that into us. Like this is what we did when I when I won championships. So this is if you want to win championships, these are the things you're going to have to do. You know, and and he was that part. He was that that kind of driving force with that. You know, a guy that had been there. You know, they say there's a those wannabes, has-beens, and been there, done that. Well, he'd been there and done it. We wanted to be it, you know? Right. So, um, yeah. I'll never forget, though, my favorite experience was that game we played Central Connecticut State, and we won in double overtime that year, and all the old alumni came down and rushed the field. It was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool experience. Oh, wow. Um, see, it's just seeing guys, like, I, guys I didn't even know. I mean, they were just out in the field hugging because we, we we won the game in double overtime with the with an interception they they they, they threw it 
um, tried to throw it with their star running back, and we picked it off. So wow, it was man, fun. that's dope, I, man. Again, I I haven't been on campus in so long, man. But I I'm actually returning if if things don't shut down. Yeah, you know, go go to campus and I'll come back to homecoming because I'm tired of people telling me how much things have changed. So I'm gonna go see what I helped build, man. I've been too long, man. It's time for me to come back. They gotta have, they gotta have, uh, they gotta have a place for all of their alumni. There, you know, no matter how many times coaches change up there, those guys have to understand how important that alumni are to that program. Absolutely, man. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, what year did you graduate again? Oh six. Okay, so old six, you graduate. So or 07, 07, I guess I graduated. 06 was my senior year, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So you went out on top as far as uh, uh, top defense, uh, uh, as far as on y'all side of the ball, at least. Yeah, we I mean, we were 7-4, um, mm-hmm. which we, we missed winning the conference by one game. We needed to beat. Um, we needed to beat Albany. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, that one, little sour taste in the mouth just because we played so well on defense. Um, yeah, I think we held them to like 92 total yards of offense and lost the game. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Hey man, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say nothing, man. I I, I know because when you hear stuff like that as a defensive player, you know you, you yeah. I, I ain't gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I ain't gonna say it. I ain't gonna start nothing with your class, man. But, but, uh, listen, it, it it is what it is. At the, at the end of the day, we 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 win and we lose as a team. So, I mean. It's just we we at the end of that at the end of that season you're 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 looking back and you're like what could have been and I think we had the makings of being a really good program throughout that, that whole year. Just need to capitalize on some things a little more. Anywho, let me keep going to another space because my my guy is cutting his grass, so you can't see me. I'm about to turn this light on and keep talking, but um, so. Your senior year again, you, you go out and I say on defense on top, and you are do you become a GA right after uh, undergrad? Yeah, right after that. Um, I was got a call from uh, from Coach Walton, he's like, or from Ronnie Caduzzi, she's like, Hey, Coach Walton wants to talk to you. Um, do you mind coming in? So I, I came in and sat down, and there's Coach Walton, Coach uh. Uh, Benzel, Coach Ferrison, Coach Banizak, and Rad, they're all sitting in the room, and I'm like, what the hell did I do? Um, long story short, I've been in that position where I've done something wrong, and they were all in that room, so. <laughs> 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 I, won't, I won't get into that story, but uh, yeah. but um, that's when uh, Coach Wallen asked what my plans were afterwards, and he's like, you want a GA? And um, I hadn't given much thought about it, but I told him I, I, I'd, I'd have to think about it and then gave it a day or two. And then I was like, yeah, I'll, 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 I want to be a GA. So I started GAing right after that. Man, oh, man. That's that's dope, man. That, I mean, shoot, you got the blessing right off the bat. No. Uh, uh, I, I came in on some backdoor stuff. That's another story for another time. <laughs> oh, man. That's I think we all have those kind of stories. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. And it's funny, again, D-Lyman, boy. Sometimes we're the smartest and sometimes we're the dumbest. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
But but again, that's another story for another time. <laughs> uh, but so you become a, a GA for Rad. You officially become part of this very exclusive brotherhood of GAs. Yes. And tell me what is it like year one <laughs> early on? Because man, I've gotten some pretty good. The Benzel story of, of Rad is still one of my best as far as him being tested. So yeah. how did Rad haze you? Well, so I never, <laughs> I know, ne- I've never, I've never told this to Benny, but I, I've been in that that position where he made me draw everything on the board, um, and and he, um, it just wasn't in the interview process. It was after I'd already got hired. So, um, but Rad would bring me in the in his office, and he would, he would have me draw every single front that we have in our playbook and I would draw him up and then he'd come in and he'd be like, you're an idiot. That's not all the fronts we have. And, uh, and I'm sitting there, I'm sweating and I'm thinking, what do you mean? This isn't all the front. This is what the playbook has. And he's like, and so he sits down and he starts throwing out like arbitrary fronts. Like what, what if I wanted to call open tight I? And I'm like, well, it's just this, this. And so I start drawing up with that. Is. And then he's like, okay, good. What if I called this? What if I call, and it's all these like what if scenarios, like what if I wanted this or, and the I guess the the, the point of that is he wanted to make sure you had every basis covered and you you had, because the kids are going to ask those questions and they're going to want to know every single little thing, every intricacy of your defense that you're doing. And, yep. Uh, that's something that as a as as a young coach, uh, you're you 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 have to learn. And you have to, the best way that Rad knows how to teach it is by putting the pressure on you, you know, and he put the pressure on us, you know. Now, would I say I'm, I'm a, a fully polished? Absolutely not. I'm still learning to this day, you know. I think anybody who says they're not learning, you know, and, and I've got a lot to learn still. So, and I'm, I'm blessed enough to still be part of a, a, a tree with, with Coach Benzel too. So, you know, he's got that, he's Rad 2.0. But yeah, Rad, Rad would make you do everything. Like you, like I remember our first scouting report I put together, and he made me draw the run, the run game up. Um, and if I didn't have it drawn up perfectly, he'd bring it back and he'd tear it up in front of you and say, "Redraw it." And you're up till three thirty four in the morning drawing that stuff, and now you got to draw it again by four in the afternoon to get it to printing. <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna say this again. Know that you are not the only one, yeah. brother. Oh, every again. Imagine going through that, and you're undefeated. <laughs> yeah. You don't lose. Yeah. You know? and, and again, I couldn't imagine everything that I drew. We never used. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta think the pressure is pressure is a little bit more too when you're undefeated because there's even less room for error. Oh man! Oh, oh. was you the only GA? So it was actually I was the only true defensive GA. They had three offensive GA, but um, Sammy D, Sammy D, and I were were supposed to do the defensive breakdowns and stuff together. Um, but Sammy was Coach Walton's guy, so Sammy always helped Coach Walton with what he needed. So I, I really didn't have a lot of help from him because he was. Coach Walt, as you know, Coach Walton needed a lot of help. So, yep. Um, so that was where he would. That's where he would do a lot of his stuff. So it was, 
it was basically me and and I was fortunate enough where 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 you still had coach Benzel and coach coach Ferrison and coach Benzel would take at least the pass game off my plate and I would just do the run game so um I was a little I was at least fortunate with that so yeah I again same thing I did run game yeah. And man, oh, he would yell at me, rip it in front of my face. Yeah. That's not it. I'm like, Rad, yes, it is. Look, that's not it. Like, <laughs> okay. If you say it ain't it, it ain't it, man. I, this oh, looks, this looks like he's drive blocking. He's actually he's supposed to be reach blocking, redrive. Right. <laughs> or if you didn't show the center peel back for the reverse. What? This is wrong. Our kids aren't going to be able to see this. Or, uh, it was, and, and, and I was also in charge of the film too, so Rad would get on me for the film. It was ne- yeah, so it was never the filmer's problem. It was my fault, you know. Yep. It was it was our fault, you know. So get it fixed. These guys don't know what they're doing, and so hey, again, <laughs> oh man, I get so many things we have in common. Yeah. I, I, I told this story a little bit before, but just mention it again. I had to go drop film off the day of nine, the weekend of nine eleven, and they did not want to hear nothing about those terrorist attacks. Yeah, film. <laughs> <laughs> that th- that wasn't their problem. That was a you problem. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to hear nothing about Osama bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> Brad was like, who? I don't know who that is. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yes. So you had, again, the luxury of having to exchange film. Can you put any horror stories with that? Well, you know what? It was it was different when I what my first year was the last year they did the tape exchange. So I lucked out there. Um, I did have to experience the tape exchange one time, um, t- taking it to the UPS facility or the air, the, the loading dock there off of university. Um, mm-hmm. so I didn't really have any horror, horror stories there. We went to electronic, um, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, online tape exchange from my sophomore, my second year as a GA. But I do remember my first year that, um, the only issue we had was was Duquesne. We played Duquesne, so I had to drive it into Pittsburgh. But that was, I mean, that was nothing. But outside of that, I didn't have any. I heard some stories. I heard if you missed the flight, like somebody somebody missed the flight and had to drive like five hours to like, um, I think it might have been Frank Pilato the year before I was there. He had to drive like five hours to Bucknell because we were playing Wagner, and that was the midway point between the two. I don't, Man. Know, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, what did you me, got? I had to drive to Philly. Philly? Because everything, no planes, no nothing. I had to drive to Philly. Uh, to explain, uh, and guess what? They gave me a tape of film that we already had it on purpose. <laughs> Dude, I mean, when I tell you, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> that was 9-11? Was that 9-11? Yeah. yeah. We were supposed to play Mammoth. Yeah. And so I had to drive all the way to Philly as a halfway point. And they gave me a, and they purposely gave me a tape that I already, they knew I already had. Oh, shit. Man. And when I tell you, Walton and Rad did not want to hear that. Oh, oh. 
No, they were on you. They were they were probably they probably gave it to you on that one too. Oh, did they? Oh, Rad, Rad more than Walt. Rad was way worse than it when Walton was. Walton would give it to you. Roland would give it to you right away, but then Rad would give it to you, and then he'd leave, and come back and give it to you some more, and then. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can go on. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I, Rad story. Rad was Rad was um. Rad was coming when we were in the middle of camp. Rad was, this was my second year as a GA now. Rad was, Rad was retired, fully retired. He wasn't, didn't even have an office in the building anymore. But he would come up second week of, or during camp and he'd bring, he brought his old boxes of those, um, the reels, like all of his old reels, like his Jets reels and his Steelers reels and all that stuff. And he wanted to get them on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who was the guy who had to put him on DVD for him? This guy. <laughs> so he goes down to the Steelers, his buddy at the Steelers, their video, and he gets a splicer and this machine that runs it from the, the reels and it runs it through and it outputs it on a VHS. So then you could dub it onto a DVD. Well, he has me doing this during camp, which I got 10 million other things to do during camp. <laughs> <laughs> and he come in the next day and I didn't have it done and he's like he's like you know if you were my GA you'd be fired I'd, I'd be I'd be you'd be gone in an instant if you were my GA I'm like I'm sorry Rad I get I was here till two in the morning breaking down film from last night <laughs> uh, but we got all that stuff on DVD it was it's wow. not on DVD man oh man that's crazy I, yeah Rad would have people doing crazy. What's the craziest thing Rad has ever had you do? <laughs> you know what? That would be it. That that has to be it. I mean, as it when he was my G, I, I would say when I was here at Westminster, he had me do some some crazy stuff. Like he lived he lived in my house here when I was when I, when he was here working with us. He would live at my house, and uh. The new technology, he can't figure out how to turn the TV on with the sound, and I have a sound bar and all that stuff. And like he would make me drop everything to come over and turn the TV on so he had sound so he could watch TV. And um, <laughs> it was, but again, to do a little bit of crazy to learn the amount of stuff that we learned for from being around him is is a hundred percent worth it. Oh yeah, you know? I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it trade it for the world, you know. Yeah, man. Hey, I know guys don't want to ask this. How the hell was it living with Rad? <laughs> um, <laughs> it was it was good in increments. <laughs> he was all he was, again. He like when you needed anything, it was Rad, Rad was there to, to help you with that stuff. Um, you could bounce ideas off of him. He he would give you. Um, but like that, I could tell you stories left and right. I know his stories like the back of my hand. Cause I've heard his stories so many times. Um, like we'll sit there and we'll be watching, um, a, a TV show at night, just him and I, and, and he'll be like, we, I met that person once and, and it'd be like an 85 year old actor. And he'd be like, yeah. And then he'd go into the story of how he met them and what they were doing. And, and they're cool stories. They're, they're stories that you wouldn't, that you'd, you'd, you'd love to hear. And 
Um, but at the same time, as he gets, as he got older, you, you got to kind of make sure he's doing okay. And, um, he's not, um, his balance started to, to, to affect him a little bit as he got older. So you, so you had the, we called it rad patrol, you know, we, you'd be on rad patrol, just make sure he's okay. And, um, yeah. it was always the younger guys. Like we would, we would put the GAs on rad patrol at times. So passage, man. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and if you and if you can't can't appreciate rad control, you don't deserve to be on rad rad patrol. Yeah, man. Um, w- yeah, were man. you there when he ran over the kid with the cart? <laughs> Which time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know if you can say that about anybody else. Which time? <laughs> um, are you talking about when it was at Robert Morris? Are you talking when it was at West Mister? Oh, oh yeah, I was running the drill. <laughs> <laughs> I was running the damn drill. We parked the cart right behind the drill, and our kids, our kids, uh, drove the. They were they were working double teams, and they they were they drove the kid holding the shield right into the cart because he parked the cart right behind the drill, and <laughs> and we got it on tape and and. Then there was a time where he, um, oh, oh, tight end was running a route and he parked right into the outside, uh, into like the depth of his route and almost <laughs> took the kid out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if you, there was, there was a, um, the first year they built the new stadium, the Joe Walton Stadium, right? They built, there's a big long ramp that comes down to go into the stadium, a pathway, and there's there's a fence there, right? Well, the first week we go to camp, Rad's coming down with the cart, smashes into the fence, and it's it was bent for the entire year. Brand new fence, Rad, Rad bent it by running the cart into it. <laughs> oh. Man, I've heard. I've heard so many stories about getting rad in that damn cart. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, undercutting guys, I me mean, yep. running, like literally running them over. I, oh, I was laughing so hard, man. What's? It's funny. He he. That stuff was commonplace with him. He would he would do that stuff. But if you put a shield on the playing surface when nobody was using it, he would lay into you. He'd be like. That's gonna get somebody hurt. So he'd make you move the shield off the field and onto the concrete or get the cones off the field. But the cart being in the middle of a seven on seven period, no problem. <laughs> oh, that red logic, baby. Yep. Yep. Oh man. So as a coach too, when you see that cart coming as a coach, your butt cheeks start to clench up a little bit because you know he's coming over to to either fix something or yell at you you know there is no just watching it's to fix something or yell at you oh you hear that that electric motor oh yeah <laughs> you know, exactly here it comes <laughs> yeah man so you go from robert moore's to saint francis uh you're everything at saint francis uh, i saw uh uh d-line coach uh uh, director of operation, football operations, and yeah, yeah what, what was it like being in Loretta, Pennsylvania? Um, you know what, it was, it was great because we had really good guys on the team. 
our, our guys made it manageable. It was it was great to be around them. Um, loved working with the staff we had up there. Um, I think the the one thing that always frustrates you as a as a football staff and as players is, is if you don't always have full com- full commitment from your administration to help you get to where you need to get to. Um, and and we did what we needed to do when we were there. Um, Obviously, my my first two years there, it was me and um, Jake Nolf. He's up in Edinburgh now. Um, Jake had actually got me there, um, brought me on with him as a D-line coach. And we were actually working with Ralph Clark. It was me, Jake, and Ralph Clark, us three. And then um, the first two years, we weren't very good. We struggled a lot defensively. We averaged giving up over 40, year, 40, 40 points a game. Um, so we had the opportunity of we knew that coach Benzel wanted to get out of wanted to wanted to move up in his career um not necessarily get out of Rob Morris but just move up in his career and if obviously we 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 knew that it would be a good opportunity at St. Francis because we knew we had the guys we just needed a guy in there that could help us um kind of fix fix the defense you know we 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 just weren't as 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 a, as aware of what we were doing on that side at that time. Um, so talked to him, got an opportunity to get him out there. And we, we ended up going from one eighteenth in the nation to number 10 in the nation or nine in the nation. One, one of those in two years, you know, um, if you, if you were to sit here and put a gun to my head and say, how did you get the recruits you got out there? I couldn't answer that question. We don't know how we got some of those kids to come out to, you asked me what brought me to Robert Morris. You could say the same thing about the kids that went to St. Francis. What took them out there? You ain't lying, dude. And <laughs> let me learn that for those who are Loretta, Pennsylvania, again, nice little town, but yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And when that snow fall up there, oh yeah, ooh, it is serious. You're you're only bet to getting off that off that campus when it snows is have a sled with you yes you're not driving out of there not at all not at all man and the, oh. the math of going to a school again i i, I have i got the ultimate respect and the utmost respect for guys who play the saint francis because especially the ones who from florida yeah because first of all I, how did they recruit i know me and benzel talking <laughs> The thought of y'all pulling Florida dudes and uh, um, to get them to to St. Francis—that's some serious recruiting. You know what? It was that. That's all Jake and, and and Benny. Those guys had that connections of what they had down in Florida. They, they've obviously they Benny's been recruiting Florida for since he started uh, coaching. So um, that 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 really comes with connections. You know, if you if you know the coach and you have those relationships with those coaches. The recruiting aspect, it, it, it's a little bit easier because if you can say, if, if a high school coach can say, hey, put all the other stuff aside and don't necessarily focus on the area that you're at and the environment you're at, but focus on the amount of football you're going to learn and, and what you're and the experience you're going to get there, it's going to be worth it, you know? And that's, I think, why this game is so, so we love this game so much because it's not just about, um, the aesthetics it's about the relationships you know and we we enjoy it and that's what we love about it. so i mean 
if you if you were to go back and look at our rosters at St. Francis from 2009 to 2013, the Florida guys are one thing. You, you should see how many Hawaiian guys we had on the roster. How many guys from Hawaii? We had close to 20 Hawaii kids. That's right. That's because of the uh, Catholicism, right? The, that the the religious was a little bit, but it was more that family that that kind of family environment like that. And and when those kids get into that family, they're all about that family, you know. And um, Hawaiians come from a strong strong family background, and when they can find a place that has that, it could be the middle of Loretto or it can be the middle of downtown Philadelphia. You know, who it doesn't matter. I'm, I tell you what, that's a very important message that I think that anybody that's getting into coaching and especially understanding the importance of understanding other cultures, if you can create that environment, you can get the right kids. I think that's the overall message. For sure. And so, you know, for anybody listening to this, and again, and if you want to learn what worked in, under the uh, Joe Walton and Dan Radakovich, uh recruiting and uh, well, they didn't recruit we did the recruiting they made that clear they yeah. didn't have to recruit you know but the formula is man create the environment if you build it they will come i, I believe that quote and i think we did it the right way i 100 agree 100 agree yeah. i mean and 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 you you bring in those guys that are that are like-minded i mean that's a message we tell our recruits coach benzel says it best is we don't have a ton of things in common, but we have one thing in common, and that's we love the game of football. And if we can we can come to common grounds there, um, we'll find a way to meet on the other on the other areas. You know, I mean, for me, um, I come from one background, and then the kids I recruit may come from a different background. But that's not. I'm not trying to fit into the background. I'm trying to create an environment where they feel comfortable and, and, and enjoy themselves, you know? So if you're a good person, you know how to do that. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. man. So now we just going to Westminster, man. So, um, you are defensive coordinator now. So yep. you guys been there for what? This is year eight. This will be, yeah. Two, year seven. Year, year seven. seven. Okay. Seven or eight. I lost count. <laughs> Yeah. So year seven, I've been looking at those those championship uh, rings and yeah. uh, guys that been uh, producing a whole lot of first team all conference uh, players and uh, um, um, with with COVID and, and the shutdowns and possi possibilities and whatever. Um, wh where are you guys right now with the program and what what are you guys most excited about? Yeah, I, th I think the program right now we are. Very excited about the fact that we've created the culture here and, 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 and the culture that's been created is something that we don't have to continuously talk about it with our guys. They understand it. Um, they know it and they and they believe in it. You know, we don't have to recreate the culture every year we step on the field. We don't the, the freshmen coming in, learn the culture by the guys. Um, they know how to practice because of the guys that are in front of them that have been here and they know how to practice, you know? So, um, I think that's the, that's your number one thing. If you're starting a, a program from, from trying to re rebuild or, or trying to regroup, um, or build from scratch is 
if you could start the culture and get the guys that have been there to buy in and, and the guys that are going to be there long-term buying in, um, it makes it a lot easier to have to reteach the young kids coming in because you don't, you don't have to. They know the culture because of the, the examples that are set in front of them by the players that are currently here. That I think we're most, most, most um, excited about because um, we, we were coming off a pretty, pretty successful season last spring um, where we won the conference in a shortened season. Um, we've got a lot of guys returning. We have a lot, of, uh, a lot of players that were a big part of what we do, both offense and defense, that are coming back for this next year. And, and, um, and we want to see if, 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 if we're back to where Westminster was. I mean, I'm sure you've heard it. Westminster is, has been national champions in the past. Um, the alumni here want that to be a reality again, and, and, and recruiting is a big part of that. We want to continue to recruit the right guys in the program to do that. So, um, yeah. Speaking of, shout out to a four-time All-American middle linebacker, Westminster's own and Robert Moore's own, yep. Matt Rake. Yes, sir. That's yeah, got to give him a shout out. <laughs> he's one of those guys. He's 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 he. You you talk about pedigree, and there's a guy right there. You know, um, just like when I was saying my my senior year, we 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 were learning from Matt Grayson. I mean, and guys that have that have been there and and have had had success, and you want to live up to that alumni status that's what our guys are doing they're they want to they want to make the alumni proud because if you're when you're alumni you want to be proud of your program as well so absolutely man and i've been on a mission to get guys encourage guys to come back you know and again hopefully we can make that happen and um, hopefully we can get that makeup uh tribute to rad um yeah. off the ground and uh yeah we'll see what happened with that so but man, I tell you what, man, this has been a lot of fun, dude. You provided a whole lot of information. I think um, between you and Benzo, I think y'all won too as far as telling telling the most compelling rad stories, which I'm hoping to get more of. And uh, it's one thing to get from a, a player perspective, but a whole nother level to get that from a GA or a coaching with him. So yeah, man. A lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. I appreciate it. I, I, uh, I, I appreciate you, uh, you listening to my tangents every once in a while. So. <laughs> oh no, let me say this again, man. Yeah, we all got a story to tell, man. And again, you are part of the fabric of the the the. Uh, let me keep my metaphor going. You're part. Of, you're, you're one of the major branches from the the coaching tree, and uh, like I said, we look forward to watching you grow as a coach, man, and. Uh, you know, um, it's gonna be cool to watch you all, man. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I'm just. It's cool to watch you all have been together too. You know, yeah. see and see okay. where, where those branches go from here. So, yeah, man. We're excited. Absolutely, man. So, anything? Last words on your point, man. Anything you want to share as it relates to the Robert Moore story and me memories from Moon? Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just want to want to share that. I, I mean, a lot of those guys are 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 guys that you fade away and, and this was good. I mean, it's, I, I haven't met you. I, I never met you. I didn't, I, I, I didn't meet you before today. And, um, it, it's something that's like, we have that common bond. And if we were in a dorm room together, we'd be sitting there chilling and having a good time, you know? So I think the guys that, that graduated from our Morris played in that you're in a, you're in a special fraternity being a part of that Rob Morris uh, university football program. So, 
Um, I know it's something that I, I want to do better is keeping in touch with those guys. So hopefully, and make sure just a quick shout out for us. If, if you guys are listening to this, make sure you tune in on September 4th. We got a, we got a big game coming up. So uh, we're playing Mount union. Uh, it's going to be a big, big uh, game for us. So, Oh, that's <laughs> right. I heard this yep. tell you about that. What, what's the date again? September 4th. September 4th. I got to mark that down, man. For down. Sure. Absolutely. Big Is game. that a nationally televised game? Um, I don't believe it's nationally televised, but it, we have a live stream on our on our, uh, on our our website. Okay. So, cool. Actually, yeah. One more fun question I want to ask you. Yeah. You're going to be the second person or third person I asked this. If you were in trouble, man, you was out somewhere and uh, there's a you, you see, man, hold on, man. There's a group of guys that's about to mess with me. Yeah. Name five guys, players that you played or uh, you played with that you would want to be with you and why. Oh, okay. Um, I got to go with, with guys I'm currently associated with first off because okay. um, obviously knowing, knowing the, the psychotic nature of Coach Benzel, I gotta take him with me. <laughs> okay. I know that he's going to fight to the very end, right? Uh, okay. I gotta take, I gotta, you know what? I gotta take, uh, I gotta take Nolf with me too. Jake Nolf would be another guy because he's going, he's gonna be like the Tasmanian Devil. He's gonna get about fifty-five hits in there, um, and they're gonna be, they're gonna be violent. So I take him. <laughs> Um, let's see, guys that I've played with in the past. Um, this is a name I don't think anybody's gonna really uh, know, but this guy's his. He played two years at Rob Morris with me, and then he transferred out. But this kid would 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 handle your back, and he would have your back. His name's Dale Alderson. He was a linebacker um, from Hollywood Hills, Florida. Um, so. He's a guy. He's a guy that would have your back. That's what is that three? Is that, they have to be alive, or can I take Rad with me? I know Rad would. No, be no, Rad. no. Just, just, <laughs> um, okay. that's a good one. No, Rad to have some hands, you know. So I know Rad. Rad would. Rad would. Rad would end some people's lives. There's no doubt about it. That's number four. <laughs> one more. Number, number five. Oof. I would take. Oh man. I would have to take James Noel. Oh, good one. James, James Noel would be the last one. I only played two years with him, but um, that guy was was a pretty nasty person. <laughs> so I think I would take him. He would be the he'd be the next one. And if if he if he didn't wasn't nasty, people would at least be would run the other way when they when they smiled with that grill. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He was that's right. He did play with a, a gold grill in his mouth. Yeah. Funny story on James Noel. I was, I was playing. Uh, we were playing Sacred Heart. Last story. Before, I don't want to keep you up too long. We were playing Sacred Heart, and um, James Noel was calling the defense right, and he had that thick Haitian accent, and. Uh, <laughs> The offensive lineman looked over and he's like, how the hell do you guys understand what the heck he's saying? <laughs> I, just, I just started laughing. I 
and I'm like, we've been playing for so long together. I just know. I just I know that that means R and this means L. You know. <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna tell you something. That is one of the funniest. I can't wait to clown him about that. <laughs> that is hilarious. Hey, hey your, your five is sound like a tough five, man. We'll, we'll we'll handle some people there. So there it is, there it is, man. Again, uh, my brother, I can't appreciate you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're getting ready for camp, uh, oh. getting ready for another successful season. Um, again, the responsibility that come with being a defense coordinator, I can only imagine, especially oh. at the collegiate level, man. But you guys are doing big things at Westminster. Want to bid y'all good luck, man. And uh, again, uh, uh, big things to come for you and and the rest of you guys, man. I just look forward to sitting back and watching y'all grow, man. So, uh, for sure. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time as well. Thank you. Yes, sir. So, ladies and gentlemen, defense coordinator, Westminster College, Robert Morris, uh, former graduate assistant, D-line. Big things to come, my brother. Uh, Colin Hall, is that right? Am I saying it right? Yeah, you can. You can also uh, you can call me Plug as well. That's my. I got that nickname freshman year. That's another story. We'll get on to that. One. <laughs> hey, oh no, no, we gonna end with that one. You gotta get about. <laughs> you gotta give me that one. Oh man, I I figured that was gonna be like one of the first questions you asked. How I got the nickname Plug. <laughs> I told you, man, I, I, I think I heard of it, but I wasn't quite sure. But right. thanks for reminding me, though. So freshman year, I come out um, and, uh, and playing D-tackle and was just playing interior, and, and they couldn't run the ball inside the middle. So Coach Benzel, or not Coach Benzel, Coach Banizak, um gave me the nickname. He's like, we're going to – because Coach Banizak gave everybody nicknames. He gave me the nickname, we're going to call you Plug because – I was short, wide, and I plugged up the middle of the, of the hole. So that's how I got that nickname. It's not, it's not a great way of getting it, but I, I've owned it since since I was shit since I was 18 years old. So there you go. Hey, <laughs> let, well, let me well, let me give you your proper uh, <laughs> uh, 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 ending here, Colin. Plug. Oh my there brother. You go. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Have a good one, man. You, you too, bro. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. All right, bye. All right, bye.